As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. <laughs> I'm Aaron Brinker. And I'm Todd Brinker. <laughs> and we'll see you tomorrow. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. I'm Jessica Edinger, CNBC. Stocks are higher in midday trading. The Dow up 58 points. The Nasdaq up 24 points. The S&P is up 8 points. The Houston and Beaumont areas of Texas being inundated with torrential rain from Tropical Storm Imelda. There's concern about oil refineries and possible slowing down of work because of severe emergency flooding. Markets are washing gas prices, too. Meantime, Jerry's become a hurricane in the Caribbean. But so far, forecasts haven't moved away from the U.S. coast. Purdue Pharma has filed to pay certain employees bonuses of more than $30 million as it faces bankruptcy. This is according to the Washington Post. The maker of OxyContin is facing thousands of lawsuits for its role in the opioid crisis. Amazon is promising to cut the amount of damage it does to the environment and to report its greenhouse gas emissions. It delivers more than 10 billion items a year on fuel-guzzling planes, vans, and trucks. CNBC. Great news from Sprint. The wait is finally over. The all-new Samsung Galaxy Note 10 has arrived. Get the power of performance and productivity for 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. That's right. Get the Galaxy Note 10 for less than $20 per month. With its amazing features like intelligent all-day battery and super-fast charge, you'll have the power that lasts more than your day with just minutes of charge. But it doesn't stop there. You can also experience the power of the S Pen, which combines air gestures, remote photos, and handwriting to text all in one magic wand. And when you switch, you'll get Sprint's 100% total satisfaction guarantee. Try it for 30 days, love it, or get your money back. To learn more about the Galaxy Note 10, visit your local Sprint store, sprint.com slash Galaxy Note 10, or call 800 Sprint 1 today. $19.79 a month after 1980 monthly credit apply within two bills with approved credit 18 month lease and new line of service. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. Excuse tax, coverage, and offer not available everywhere. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Guarantee applies to new lines. Select exclusions apply. NBC News Radio. I'm Tom Roberts. 
The chairman of the House Intelligence Committee says the federal whistleblower process involving a complaint against President Trump is being disrupted by the White House. The director of national intelligence has seven days to review the complaint and then they shall provide it to the Congress. California Democrat Adam Schiff says that hasn't happened. The House Minority Leader is defending President Trump's delay on a gun safety plan. Kevin McCarthy said today that Trump has been meeting with both sides of the aisle for the past six weeks to find a solution. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is unveiling a new prescription drug plan. It calls for the government to negotiate the prices of up to 250 brand-name drugs in Medicare. The governor of Texas is declaring a state of emergency as the flooding gets worse in Houston. This gives 13 counties access to state resources. It's day four of a strike by the United Auto Workers Union. General Motors has already shut down half of its Ontario facility due to a parts shortage. Tom Roberts, NBC News Radio. 2018 college grads are setting a record. They are carrying more total debt than any other class in history, just over $29,000. That's 2% more than 2017 grads. On the bright side, the report from the Institute for College Access and Success says the pace of increase is slowing down. The average varies from almost $39,000 for Connecticut graduates to under $20,000 for Utah's hardest hit, black, low-income, and first-generation students. New Mexico is among the lowest student debt states, but it still averages almost almost 22,000 there, and the governor is promoting a tuition-free plan for residents attending local public colleges. And this morning is about demonstrating to you today that we are, in fact, incredibly serious about investing in higher education. Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham estimates her plan would cost between 25 and $35 million a year, but it still has to pass the state legislature and Republicans oppose. A new study says female-owned businesses have grown nearly 60% in the last 10 years, with so-called mompreneurs leading the way, Sarah Lee Kessler reports. You can literally launch a business from your kitchen table. And business coach Julie Gordon-White says that's what mompreneurs are doing. She says it's never been easier because of websites like pickmonkey.com that give you the graphic design tools you need. There's templates, thousands of templates that you can start to build a website or a postcard or social media post. White says today's technology is making it easier than ever for women to balance owning a business with having a family. Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio, New York. More good news for what's been the slow housing market. Sales of existing homes picked up in August thanks to low mortgage rates. The Realtors Association says they were 1.3% better than July, the biggest monthly gain in a year and a half. However, mortgage rates are now rising. The Freddie Mac average is up a quarter point this week. Consumer and Business News, Joe McConnell, NBC News Radio. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us if you want Viagra at the lowest prices. Never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 800-357-1583 today to save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 800-357-1583 to take your call now. Call 800-357-1583. That's 800-357-1583. Again, 800-357-1583. Okay, let's talk about it. Shatter your notions. 
You like to enjoy life, right? Maybe you imbibe a little. Come on, you know, uh, weed. 70% of Californians agree that cannabis should be safe, legal, and easy. Now it's available at Shatter Dispensary in San Bernardino. Shatter has a full line of cannabis products, including cannabis cartridges, concentrates, edibles, and CBD massage bombs. Top-of-the-line products, services, and brands in a safe, classy environment, all tested in state-licensed laboratories. Shatter is at 350 West 5th Street in downtown San Bernardino. Open daily from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. From affordable to top shelf, Shatter can help you find the perfect product for your cannabis needs. Google Shatter Dispensary and Lounge in San Bernardino, and you've got it. That's Shatter, S-H-A-T-T-E-R. Must be 21 years of age or older. Shatter, license C10-0000542. It's time to say see you later, alligator, to embarrassing and troublesome issues with your skin, nails, and hair with all-natural Cayman Alligator Oil. Cayman oil is locally made, right in Louisiana, where people have been using alligator oil for centuries to treat all kinds of ailments. A drop a day of Cayman oil can help you say, see you later, alligator, to athlete's foot, nail fungus, acne, eczema, rashes, dry skin, cuts, infections, MRSA, scars, burns, sunburns, and even ingrown hair and dandruff. If you or someone you know is tired of suffering with any of these skin, nail, and hair troubles, you need to visit mycayman.com to learn more about 100% natural, non-toxic, hypoallergenic cayman oil and get a bottle today. Say, see you later, alligator, with cayman alligator oil at mycayman.com. That's mycayman.com. Mycayman.com. KCAA. From the Bureau of Economic Geology, this is Earth Date. Earth is mostly covered with water, and most of that is ocean. Only 2.5% is fresh water. Of that, 99% is locked up in glaciers and underground aquifers. That leaves just 1% of Earth's fresh water on the surface. From all that salt water, how does this tiny fraction of surface fresh water come to be? It's a process of natural distillation. Heat and wind turn seawater into water vapor. In the phase change from liquid to gas, water leaves salt and all impurities behind. In the atmosphere, water condenses on airborne particles and rains down again. Since Earth is mostly ocean, most rain falls in the ocean. The part that falls on land flows downhill, eventually into rivers that carry it back into the sea to become salty again. That brief, shining moment as surface fresh water has made virtually all land-based life possible for hundreds of millions of years. Here's a practical tip. If you ever find yourself in a dire situation with no fresh water, remember this distillation process. First, never drink seawater. It's four times saltier than blood. To neutralize it, your organs will draw water from the rest of your body, leading to rapid dehydration. Instead, find a way to make your own cloud. Trap rising water vapor, allow it to condense on a surface, and drain it into something that you can drink. I'm Scott Tinker, keeping it fresh on Earth Day. Earth Date is produced by the Bureau of Economic Geology at the University of Texas at Austin, with support from Schlumberger, helping oil and gas companies increase production and efficiency while lowering environmental impact. You can hear more Earth Date stories at earthdate.org. 
From 1776 forward, Americans have opposed having soldiers do police work on our soil. But in recent years, Pentagon chiefs have teamed up with police chiefs to circumvent that prohibition. How? Simply by militarizing police departments. Through the little-known military transfer program, the Pentagon has been shipping massive amounts of surplus war equipment to our local gendarmes. This reflects a fundamental rewiring of the mindset now guiding neighborhood policing. Police chiefs today commonly send out squads brandishing heavy arms and garbed in riot gear for peaceful situations. Recruiting videos now feature clips of SWAT team officers dressed in black, hurling flash grenades into a home, then storming the house, firing automatic weapons. Who wants anyone recruited by that video working their neighborhood? As a city councilman in rural Wisconsin commented when told his police were getting a nine-foot-tall armored vehicle, somebody has to be the first to say, why are we doing this? The New York Times reports that the town's police chief responded that there's always a possibility of violence. Really? Who threatens us with such mayhem that every burg needs a war zone armory and a commando mentality? Astonishingly, a sheriff's spokesman in suburban Indianapolis offered this answer, veterans. The sheriff's department needed a mine-resistant armored vehicle, he explained, to defend itself against U.S. veterans returning from the Afghanistan war. War veterans, he said, have the ability and knowledge to build homemade bombs and to defeat law enforcement techniques. This is Jim Hightower saying that is lame, loopy, insulting, shameful, and just plain stupid. Maybe he just forgot to pack his brain when he left for work that day, but I'm afraid it's a window into the altered mindset of police chiefs and trainers. Miss your favorite show? Download the podcast at kcaaradio.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the greatest real estate investment show ever. Here's the flip-flop investor himself, Todd Bayer. Uh, hey, everyone. How are we doing out there today? This is the Flip-Flop Investor Show, and I am your host, Todd Bayer, the flip-flop investor himself. Every week, I like to get together and talk to a local real estate investor or a local real estate expert and talk to them about who they are and what they do in the real estate world. And this week, we have a real estate expert, a escrow officer over at Emerald Escrow. We have Anna Path with us today. How are you doing today, Anna? Hey, Todd. I'm doing good. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. Well, that's good because we were having a little trouble getting down here. And some of you, I know there's like some timekeepers out there. They've noticed we're starting a little late today. That's because there's some traffic on the 10 freeway. Uh, if you're sitting in it, enjoy that because that's what you're dealing with. <laughs> we just dealt with it ourselves. So uh, we're a little late getting on, but always late, but worth the wait, we always say. So uh, let's jump right into it. Usually we'd like have some chit chat and, you know, we just don't have time for the chit chat today. So we're going to get right down to it. Let's do it. Who is Anna Path? How did you get into real estate? Oh, goodness. Um, well, it's a little bit of both. I... We are a family business, Emerald Escrow, so kind of hereditary, born into it. <laughs> yeah. I was, I'm kind of in the same boat, yeah, by the way. Yeah, you know, I mean, five years old, filing files. Really? Your mom had you doing... Yeah, she never even paid me. What? I know. We got really good Christmas presents, but never like an hourly or nothing. <laughs> but oh, man. After, I'm going to talk to your mom about that when I, I see know, her next. I'm like, going what to. What is the deal? I know. But actually, I actually started my personal career in real estate, selling real estate. So okay. I was in college, and I needed a job, but I didn't want to work a nine-to-five. 
So I started hitting up all the local um, top real estate agents in Long Beach where I went to school and said, hey, do you want someone to pass out flyers and do your promos and show houses? And I got a job and then just started from there. And then I kind of gravitated back towards the escrow industry. And now I work for the family business and um, kind of started with my own little thing doing real estate. And now I'm just doing escrow and I really love it. So you're not doing any sales at all? No, not anymore. Yeah. Was it like when you did do it, like, did you love it or? I did. I actually, I loved it. And I, I worked a lot of it during the REO market. So I would go show houses during the REOs and it was scary. I mean, these creepy (laughs) houses and creepy clients. It was just scary. I don't know. Yeah. But it was great. It was good money. It was fun. I worked for uh, Pete Neary at Top Producers. So really top agent out in the Inland Empire. And then I just started gravitating towards the escrow just because I like being busy. And when you're a real estate agent, you're busy. But I like the nine to five busy. Um, Got it. Yeah. So that's just kind of how I ended up back in the escrow industry. And I honestly love working for the family business. And I love our clients. I found that real estate clients and my investors, they treat me a lot nicer than buyers and sellers. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably true. You know, because we have to like interact with you guys all the time. You were obviously, Emerald Escrow is who we've always Mm -hmm. used. Well, we've used you guys, I think, for the last five five years, years, probably. Yeah. And so, um, forever. Yeah, forever. (laughs) In real estate, that practically is forever. Like, like there's so much turnover. You know, you meet all the like new people that always come in and stuff. Um, but yeah, like, you guys have always been like, you know, real, like just cool as a cucumber, always like, you know, handling stuff. Like, like I've dealt with a ton of escrow companies cause obviously I have the lending business too. Mm-hmm. So we don't always get to pick who the escrow company is that we're yeah. you know, doing the loan to. So I've dealt with a ton of escrow companies and like when you know, you know, a good escrow company when you see one. Well, and it's about the relationship. You have to have a connection yeah. with the person and same with our clients, not all real estate agents and lenders and investors are going to want to work with us. We <laughs> right. may not be the right match, um, but we have some really awesome clients that, you know, we adore and they trust us. And that's the biggest yep. thing is having the mutual trust in each other. I think the, the thing a lot of people don't know is like really how much stuff goes into an escrow. Oh yeah. You know, cause like, I mean, like when I first got into real estate, like I didn't know anything. I, I barely even knew like what a mortgage was. <laughs> you know, like I was pretty dumb. Uh, I, I'm not that much better today, but I'm getting there. I'm still learning. But um, the uh, what's it called? The escrow people would always be like frantic and like every, it seemed like every time I called them, like you know, it was always like a, a panic and a rush. And like, oh, we need I hope this, you we weren't that. calling our office. I tell the girls, we calm, cool, collective. Yeah, we were not calling you. I, I can assure you. I was actually, well, I don't want to name their yeah. name on the air because they're still in business. But yeah. uh, they were very, very uh, high strung over there. And like between them and the real estate agent I'd be working with, it was like more stressful being like the person that they'd have to call. So, it's definitely a stressful job. Um, but you have to like what you do yeah. I and mean, you have to like working with people and all the different components and nothing's better than when you help a deal close. Right. I mean, it really is fulfilling. Um, it's just a lot of work that goes into it and it's not for everybody. Yeah. It really is not, I but know, it, it's we've... definitely stressful. I mean, there's days you hang up the phone and you're just, you're a little frantic. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit, but you, you figure it out and that's what makes it kind of fun is it's an obstacle every day. Sure. And it's, I, I guess I could actually see the reward because every day you're closing a file that you've been working on for the past, you know, 30, 45, yeah. 60 days, you know, however long these escrow periods sometimes last. And like, you know, 
something finally closes, you're like, oh my god, we finally closed out the the Main Street file or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. And you're just like, oh, that thing was a nightmare. Well, and there's some files that just stick with you forever. Like <laughs> we talk about it in our office. You know, the one person that made you, the first person that ever made you cry. Like I'll never forget that file. It was a deal out of Palm Springs and. Sorry I won't get about into that, it. by the way. I, it you know, it no. wasn't you. It wasn't you, I promise. But <laughs> I know. you always remember the one file that made you cry. And then you always remember that one file that you were just so thankful that it closed. Yeah. But it's fun. You know, it is it is what it is. It's weird. I have a similar thing because I have like the file where it went so smoothly. Like mm-hmm. nothing was out of place. It was the perfect deal. Like like the like everything was turned in on time nobody was bo- like bugging anybody wow. for anything like the inspection came back clean like everything That's worked impressive. out 100% the way it was supposed to and That's good. Like I remember the agent uh, on the other end it was a uh, broker Lance Martin you probably mm-hmm. know Lance. Yeah. Uh, Lance was the agent he called me he's like so we closed today and I'm like <laughs> really he's like yeah I just uh, got a commission check at my desk yeah. I didn't even know. <laughs> he's like uh that was painless? I was like yeah. Uh yeah. He was like, that was weird, right? Like, am I the only one thinking this? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was some, weird. Some escrows go really easy. And I think it's, you know, it's all about the communication and who you're working with. And But obviously, there's some deals that, you know, they have huge clouded title and all oh, kinds yeah. of obstacles that you have to overcome. But again, even those deals, as long as you're communicating with your escrow officer, your title officer, mm-hmm. and you have, you know, a good real estate agent maybe involved, Usually it can go semi-smoothly. Um, it's no. just a matter of getting over those obstacles. Right. And I think, I, I don't know, I, me personally, I'm, and, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. I'd love, to, I'd love to hear your perspective. But for me, it's usually the agents that are making things difficult. Oh, I can't say that. I know you can't. Um, and I wish you would. But, you know, it's, I found that they're... I don't they're, know. I don't know. I, what happens in this room doesn't leave. The, it leaves this room, it unfortunately. Does, I know, so I so don't know what can't. I can say. I no, I we have great real estate agents that we work with. We have great lenders and great transaction coordinators. But there is times that all three of those components <laughs> can make our lives yeah. um, a little difficult. But I guess that's just part of the job. Yep. So. Yeah, and like I think a lot of people tend to like take everything out on escrow. Yeah, we're people. a good punching bag. Yeah. Um, people really just go for it sometimes. And like literally, you're you're just the messenger. Like yeah. literally, you're like I'm just asking people for what needs to be like. Yeah. These people said they need this as part of their file, and we're just asking you for it. You have to give it to us because this is where it goes. You know, like your guys's file. Like I've seen some of these files are like a book, like a huge, like hundreds of pages of documents. We had one of our older escrow officers that retired a few years ago. She's coming in to help us part-time right now. And she was looking through the drawer and she goes, why are these files so big? And (laughs) we're like, oh, that's how they are now. I mean, because all the judgments and liens and, oh, HOA docs are 500 pages. It's just ridiculous. Yep. You know, God bless the companies that can go (laughs) uh, paperless. We're not one of those. Unfortunately, we just, you know... We yeah. just can't seem to make it happen, but the files just keep getting bigger and bigger. So what do you guys have to spend on paper and toner? I don't I do not do that. that that's I, not your that, job. When I was like 15 working yeah. for my mom, that's what I would do is order the paper. But now, um, thank goodness, <laughs> we have a wonderful receptionist and she does all the paper orders and we try not to look at the invoices right. at Staples because it's very depressing. Absolutely. Yeah. So no, we don't look at that anymore. Yeah. I can remember the first time that I like paid like an American Express bill and it was like oh, 30 yeah. grand and I'm like, wow, how do we spend $30,000 yeah. in one month? Paper and toner. You wouldn't believe how <laughs> expensive know. those two components are. Yeah, I know. Like, And then not only that, you also have to get Staples and like paper clips and like, oh, you know. yeah. We don't really like Staples too much because no. then you have to de-staple it. Right. So that's why I switched yeah. to the little, um, 
don't even know what they're called. The little clips, you know. Barbie clips, that's what we call them. Barbie clips? Well, they're Barbie purses. If you turn them over, they look like Barbie purses. The little black clips that you put the paper together. I like it. Since I can't figure out what else to call them. They're Barbie clips. We'll adopt that one. They're Barbie clips now. Um, Yeah, I just, I switched to those because, you know, for a while there, I'd go to escrow or title and I'd be like dropping off docks of some kind and they're like, you know, I'm going to get on my little thing and take your your staple out. And I'm like, oh, sorry. (laughs) So. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, the files are crazy. And anybody out there who's bought a house lately knows that, like, loan docs alone are like a book of paper yeah. now. Luckily, though, we've really tried to streamline things. Uh, we use DocuSign, so yeah. we, we've really been able to help the clients out by doing that, buyers and sellers. So that's a huge benefit. But when it comes to the sellers, obviously, they have to get their grant deed notarized. So. Yep. We try to send notaries to them to make it more convenient. Yep. Um, buyers, yeah, you're still signing your loan docs, but we've noticed that a lot of buyers are coming into escrow to sign. Really? Um, I think it's just that comfort level that it's getting done faster, it's efficient, and okay. you don't have some random person coming to your house. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, you're still going to have to sign a piece of paper. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and we, I mean, I think more often than not, we're signing it all ourselves, and like we have a notary that's just down the street from yeah. us, so we tend to go there, and then we just... FedEx the stuff to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but that's just how we do it. I definitely remember a time where I would go to the escrow office and sign. And yeah, Steve comes in still, and he, he'll he get his uh, grant deed notarized. Yeah, and especially when we're selling. Yeah, when you're selling. So it still happens. Yeah. But he's, he's the one that goes physically. I'm the one that, you know, I stay yeah. back at the office yeah. in the air conditioning. Yeah, getting on that freeway is rough. No, yeah, I know, because you guys are down in Corona, so yeah. I got to fight the 91 briefly. Yeah. Which... But we do have Chronic Taco right next to us. That's so, true. I mean, a lot of our clients like to go get a beer and then come visit us. That's it's not a little, a bad idea. It's a little more of a I never easy thought, of that. thought. Actually, last time I went to your office, Jim Keller was there. He just he showed up that day. Oh yeah, he shows up all the time. Okay, well yeah. then he's got a he's got a cubicle in the back. Oh, he's got his own little workstation. Yeah, he's got his okay. own workstation. Now it makes sense. Well, he showed up and we, so we went to Chronic Tacos right after See? that. Yeah, everyone goes there for a beer afterwards. <laughs> we didn't get the beer though. Oh. Yeah, we did not have a beer. Oh no. <laughs> no, we just had a burrito. I've never been there before. It was good. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, they yeah. know us there by name. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. Yeah, they tend to know the people that work in like the immediate area. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Escrow, I think most people out there probably know what escrow is, right? I mean, you're kind of the middleman between everybody. I mean, the definition, we're the neutral third party that facilitates the transaction. We collect the money, put it in our trust funds, mm-hmm. we distribute the money. Um, we're the middle person. So once you get your offer accepted, we're the one that basically produces the closing documents and yep. closes the transaction with the title company. Yep. So really just the middle person. Yeah. So... You know, and like I, I think I said it before, you're just sort of like the, you're the middleman, you're the, you know, you're the messenger, you're mm-hmm. the one that's just, you know, you're just collecting stuff, you're just distributing things, like you're not, like yeah. nothing, well, I guess you guys do produce like escrow instructions. Yeah, so we produce the escrow instructions. I think the biggest thing we do is, you know, we work with the lenders mm-hmm. on, you know, making sure the estimates and all the the actual figures on the transaction are correct. Yep. And also we work with a title company, make sure there's no liens on the property. So we're the ones that are ordering the demands, mm-hmm. uh, any judgments, any liens. So that's like, that's the big task. And also solar nowadays. Uh, oh, uh, I know. Yeah. Solar's yeah. been, a, it's been one of those like headaches yeah. that we've had to deal with a few times. I remember on one, we had to buy it. Uh, they had solar and it was a lease. And like the leasing company was like, you can either take over the lease which we had to pay them, I think, like $3,000 to take over the lease, or we can pay them 5000 to have them remove the solar. Yeah, it's solar is definitely a huge headache. Um, it's not a bad thing. Obviously, solar is great for your houses. Right. 
But I think things are starting to get more streamlined with the solar companies. But right when solar came out <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay, you have to do the transfer and the payoff. And right. I don't think the solar companies were prepared and we weren't necessarily prepared. But right. now it's going over a lot better. But it is a process. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, it's not free to transfer it necessarily. And right. you still may have to owe money. The hero loans, that's oh, another yeah. thing. Those a lot of... Fun. A lot of sellers come back and say, well, I didn't know I had to pay that off. Well, yeah, you got to pay off a hero loan. So there's just different parameters. And we're the ones that unfortunately have to give that bad news sometimes. <laughs> but And that's when you get yelled at by somebody because yeah. you're obviously doing this just to be mean and spiteful. Well, and again, I think it's the biggest thing is communication. You yeah. know, whether you're a real estate agent or an investor is just communicate with your client. You know, get to know, get to know them and ask them questions. The first thing we do lately is we call the seller and ask them, do you have solar? Do you have a hero loan? Do you have a mortgage payment? Do you have a line of credit? You yeah. know, anything, because sometimes I think the real estate agents forget to ask. Okay. So obviously it's going to show on the prelim report, but there's situations where it does happen and they just don't disclose it or what have not, but just get to know your clients is the biggest thing. Yeah. And you guys obviously do more than just single family homes. You're also oh, doing yeah. like commercial buildings and we do commercial buildings. We do bulk sales, um, mobile homes. What else? Do you Everything. do businesses like, like a business? That like would be a sold? bulk sale. Yeah. So we have two escrow officers in our office that do those. Um, we do everything. We have 1031 exchanges. So we have mm -hmm. a division of, it's called Emerald Accommodators. So that's been really popular the last few years. Yep. A lot of uh, clients selling their rental properties and wanting to uh, exchange into something else. Exchanging into something else, so that's a huge profit um, profitable business right now. What else do we do? I just everything. Yeah, a lot of. I'd say right now we work with a lot of wholesalers and just normal resellers, and then obviously refinances, right? Which right. is big right now because the rates are so good. Sure, and of course the Fed just dropped rates again. I know. I was actually thinking about that on the way here. I might think <laughs> about refining again. Oh, really? Like, You're good. Well, I don't know. I just, yeah, it's kind of a bummer, you know. Like, like for some people out there, they like they just closed on a loan recently, and like the Fed has dropped the rates like twice since that happened. I you know. know. I'm like crazy. those poor people that have done that. They're like looking at rates going back down again. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, you know, the lenders love to push it out. They're like, oh, the Fed raised rates, so well, never get know. in before. Yeah, you never true. know. So we've got, I mean, get in I while think, you can. I think a lot of people over the last 10 years have gotten really used to super low interest rates because, yeah. you know, it went down to, like, what, 0.25 was the Fed uh, yeah. funds rate, you know? It was crazy. So mortgages, people were getting, like, two and a quarter. Like. Yeah, I remember <laughs> when it was, like, two and a quarter, and I, I was doing notaries at, at that time. Okay. So I would just be going out every single night, like, five to six notaries all over Inland Empire, Orange County. I mean, because the refis were just crazy. Right. And so crazy. But nobody was purchasing. Yeah, and there was nothing to buy. It sure was like kind of like junk. The, yeah, it was a junk. It was like the leftovers of the REOs. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, but those were those were some good old days. Yeah. Like I got some it, some good stuff back then. Well, and those but, people are now selling and doing their 1031 exchanges. And yeah. Buying bigger duplexes or what have not. Those are the smart people. Yeah. You know? Those people are retiring. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, I Man, think so. I should have just done that. That would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't I have to become a flipper? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know? Miss that boat. Yeah. Maybe it'll happen again. We'll see. Uh, they say it is. I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know. So, like, that's kind of, you know, where some people are seeing things going, right? Because... I mean, you've been around the real estate world, so you've you've kind of seen like a couple of recessions that have happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the '80s I know was one of the recessions. They had another one in the '90s, and then, you know, we had the big one in 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. And so, like, during the '90s and the '80s, like prices didn't really drop that much. You know, like we didn't really have a huge price decline. It was like a lot of other things just kind of changed, and there was like a an increase in uh, bankruptcies, and there was an increase in foreclosures, but. You know, we didn't really see the market change a whole heck of a lot like it did in 2008 where we had this crazy drop yeah. in prices and, you know, things became crazy affordable and investors could just come in and get deals for a song. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly, I go back and forth of what's going to happen. You know, all of our REO friends, they tell us it's coming back, it's coming back. Right. And then we were just talking about the Bruce Norris event that's coming up. And yep. I remember last year they... The economic guys that were there, they were like, no, it's it's not. We're in a safe market, and yeah. these are safe loans. And so I hear both sides of the story. Yeah. I have no idea. And it's hard to make a judgment My it, My know? theory is I work to work, so I'm just going to keep on working, right. play it safe. Well, escrow doesn't go anywhere because, you know, even during the REO world, you still have to have escrows. Yeah, but we, we go through dips. I mean, we definitely do. We were fortunate. We had accounts during the REO, so we yep. were pretty busy. What we, do you mean you had accounts? Like, like. Would you guys be working directly with banks and mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah. So we were um, the escrow companies that were getting the transactions directly from the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of local real estate agents that were the REO agents. So we would have those deals. Different banks. Um, I can't remember, honestly, all the names of them, but just <laughs> yeah. different banks. So we had the HUD account for a while. So we've definitely gone through all the different markets. Um, right. I mean, we adapt. We, you have to adapt. If you're not adapting, you're not you're not getting a paycheck. Exactly. Um, but we, we definitely go through times where it's busier or slower than other times. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. I didn't know that escrow actually would do like direct contracts like that. Oh, yeah. Because during the REO days, um, like LPS, for instance, they had huge contracts. Yeah. Posting but company. Then, yeah. But then a lot of times they were using small independent companies such as us, Emerald Escrow. So we had a few contracts with different banks and mm-hmm. it was... It was, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I like being busy, so. Well, it's kind of nice, too, because at least when you have, like, LPS on one side, they're, like, a big company. Like, Mm -hmm. they're going to be very organized, very structured, and very. It was very structured. It was not an emotional transaction. Yeah. It was was just very cut and dry. Um, Get the investor, get the bank what they want fast. You know, just timelines had to be met. So I enjoyed it because I like the structure of that. Right. So you're dealing with, like, primarily with them would be, like, trustee sales. No, just be, you know, like 
for instance, Pete Neri lists the property. He's mm-hmm. the REO broker. Yep. And then we're, we work with the asset managers and the closing coordinators. Okay, got it. So we would obviously work with the real estate agents, but we also work directly with the bank and their their person that is their our asset manager. Their asset manager, yeah. yeah, getting them the grant deeds and the time frames okay. and updates and what have not. Huh. I don't know why I never figured that was a thing. Well, how do you think they? How do you think they closed? And <laughs> I guess I kind of figured the agent had something to do with it. Like the like the, Pete would have been the one that said we're going to have Emerald be the escrow. No, company. they you had to have a contract with the actual bank. Yeah. So I mean that kind of makes sense too because yeah. they got a little weird after like Dodd Frank and all that stuff. Yeah. So we had contracts and but there was a lot of independent escrow companies that were fortunate enough to get contracts. So. Yeah, it was it worked out good. Yeah, well, that, that's cool. So, like, do you are you guys gearing up for that sort of a thing already, or? Um, yes and no. I mean, we try. I we try to keep the doors open to everybody, and you know, keep your players close by. Sure. Um, but again, we haven't been approached how we were last time, so I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah. we definitely our doors are always open. We do a lot of HUD contracts right now with BLB, mm-hmm. so we're fortunate that we're HUD approved. Um, but as far as foreclosures not yet yeah you're not seeing the uptick in, in foreclosures not at all? yet no yeah not yet i don't think anybody's really seeing it either i don't know they say it so i i'm just everybody keeps saying it's coming like but like know. people have been saying that for the last four years i know like I, i'm sure you've been hearing it too people are like like oh yeah we're gonna have another crash and like i remember in like 2010 people were like we're gonna have a double dip and i'm like oh we are i don't know i don't see a double yeah, dip I happening <laughs> i don't know if it's gonna happen or not to be honest so i, I just i'm gonna play it safe keep it Keep the people close. Yep. Just keep working. But obviously, if they do, I'll start knocking on some doors. Okay. Go <laughs> knock on some bank doors. Yeah, like, knock on some bank doors. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a little harder to do, you know, just to go to a bank and, you know, hi, we're here to uh, get your escrow you accounts. Know, you you send your little emails. And right. You find your contacts, just like anything in business. So you know the people. We can't. I can't tell you my secrets. Of course not. Yeah. No. Well, you, and you don't want to tell all the other escrow no, companies I mean, that are listening in. There, yeah, there's a reason. Donna's been in business for 40 years, and we don't tell secrets. Got it. Yeah. So just keep it close. Keep don't, it close. Yeah, don't tell anybody about nothing. Keep Got your it. people close. All right. So, um, like, what do I not know about escrow? Like, what do you guys like? Because oh, I, I, as I an investor, we, we like what do we like? We do a lot of stuff with you guys, obviously with escrow, um, but we're just buying single-family homes mostly. So, like, what are some things that like like an investor like myself would not know about that you guys are doing on a regular basis i think the biggest thing as an investor what they don't realize unless some of our investors know because they're very hands-on with what we do but a lot of these homes that you're buying are probably distressed yes right i mean you're you're not going for a million dollar house that's looking to get a bunch of equity out (laughs) no you're you're buying from maybe somebody who's passed away or the property is, you know, been vandalized, what have not. It's a distress situation. Sometimes all of those. <laughs> Everything under yeah. one cracked roof. Yep, yes. exactly. Um, but what we're doing on the back end is we're cleaning up that title because most likely on that distressed home, there's lots of liens, there's judgments possibly. The city's probably got a list of oh, like, yeah, the city's violations got, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and so we're on the phone with the city and we're the ones helping clear that. And we communicate that with you guys, obviously. But there's a lot that we just start doing on the back end. Yeah. Um, we work very close with the title companies. So as soon as you open escrow and all of a sudden we see, okay, they've got five, you know, trash liens, city liens, water liens. <laughs> we start clearing those out. We are ordering demands. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't realize that you can't just deed property from 
mom to dad to sister to cousin to neighbor. So we have to start tracking down people to get affidavits of uninsured deeds. Oh, yeah. You know, stating Todd really did mean to deed his property over to Anna. Right. So there's a lot of communication and contacting people. Does that like, does that kind of stuff like result in like problems? Like where somebody's like, like, yeah, I signed that, but I didn't know that I was actually giving the property away or like. Um, I haven't. I don't know. Some deals you just kind of erase from your memory. Yeah. But I haven't really had one lately that's been, no, I did not mean to deed my property over. Okay. Um, I have had where possibly, okay, they deeded from the trust to Todd, a married man, sold and separate. Yep. And we say, okay, well, you didn't do an interspousal deed. So your wife now needs to sign an interspousal. Yeah. Well, she doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and she's in another country now. And we've had that multiple times. It's, and it kills but, the deal because the title companies will not insure the property until that wife signs the interspousal deed letting Todd sell his house Yeah, as a married man, sold and separate. And that's not something I can bond around, obviously. No. Yeah. I mean... Like, we've bonded yeah. around, like, municipal, like, yeah, violations and stuff like when that. When it comes to interspousal deeds and affidavits of uninsured deeds, I mean, the title companies are pretty strict on that. Yeah. And rightfully so. Well, yeah, because this is somebody that can make a future claim against exactly. the house and say, wait a minute, he couldn't sell the house. That was exactly. my home, too. Or I've had, um, I had a recent deal that... I called the seller to introduce ourselves and I looked at the chain of title and I said, well, you know, I'm going to use your name. He said, oh, well, Todd, it shows on the contracts, it says you're the seller, but it shows Bob on the deed. Okay. Oh, well, Bob was my dad and he, he willed it over to me. And I said, well, do you have a copy of the probate docs? Mm-hmm. And he sends me a copy of a handwritten note from his dad that says, I am willing my property over to, do- to Todd. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not probate and <laughs> that's not notarized. It's not dated. Yeah. And this son actually thought that he was allowed to sell the property because dad wrote a handwritten letter yeah. giving him the property. And I mean, well, there's so many people that you hear about a will, right? Like, you know, you should always have a will. Like people always say that, but like a will is really useless. You should have a trust. A trust is probably better. Yeah. yeah. A trust is always better. And, but even with the trust, you know, you, you know, be ready because there could be beneficiaries that come out. But have a trust is what I would say. Trust deals are so much easier than, yeah. I mean, probate doesn't seem as bad. I, I feel like there's been a few situations where we've had that they realize, okay, we have to go through the probate system. Mm-hmm. And it's not as, I don't know, it doesn't seem as bad as it sounds. Yeah. There, we've, I mean, we've been on, on, on both yeah. sides. We've had really, really smooth probates yeah. and really, you know, long drawn out where, at, you know, all the cousins and all these people. Yeah. Come, calling so it out depends of the woodworks. like how many family members are coming out. Yeah. So. <laughs> and like we have one, oh my God, I, I think you might even have this file and you've probably had this file for almost two years now. Um, it's a probate where um, not only did the original person die, but the person that it got you know passed down to is also oh, passed. Man. And the person that's trying to sell it now is not exactly uh, an heir kind of like, like they're kind of the yeah. the only real heir we can find and they they believe that they're the only living heir and all this stuff so we're like you know it's been a really hard process and then the neighbor seems to think that they own part of the property <laughs> and like they came into the mix on the last probate we tried to go to and the judge was kind of like i don't really know where to go with this yeah, you know like sticky. so we're like we're stuck on this thing and we're like we were about to pay another attorney to like retain them but we're like like now we're looking at it like we don't bother with this anymore. Like it's a good deal, but like, do we even care about this thing anymore? It's just become such a headache for us. Like, so we've yeah. had good and bad. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely, yeah, there's good and bad situations. We've been fortunate that I've noticed at least on our unit, um, the probates have been fairly 
streamlined and yeah. simple. No fist fights yet. Um, I don't know. We had, I can't even talk about it, but we had <laughs> one this last week that was very interesting. And really? We, it, it's now a dead deal, but that's okay. Sometimes okay. deals... It's better it's, that they die. Yeah, yes. sometimes it's okay if they die because it's better than going to court. Of course, yeah. So that's and how we think about it. Absolutely. You know, like the uh, the best deals are sometimes the ones you didn't do. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we've had, I mean, yeah, we've had tons of those types of things. We had one recently... You know, where the seller was under contract, we had mm-hmm. escrowed this. Uh, um, this wasn't our deal, so it was somebody else. Um, but in, I believe they were, it was with you guys. I think you guys were the escrow on it. But, uh, you know, this happened. We were supposed to be the lender on it. Okay. And, you know, the seller, everything was good. But then once they, like, started getting into it, the seller changed their mind. They don't want to oh. sell it anymore. You know, and, like, the the buyer, another another investor friend of mine, you know, this the who's going to be the borrower on it, he was like... I mean, we have a contract. Should I like sue her and force her to close? You know, and I'm like, no. Like, if she doesn't want to sell, don't you know? Don't buy it. Like, what? Why are you gonna force somebody to do something? Like, that's just mean. You know, <laughs> like, like just if she like go back and find out like what's going on. Like, like why don't you to them. figure Talk it to out? Them. Maybe you know, like maybe there's a good reason. Maybe she's just scared. I mean, I don't know. She's an older lady, you know, and so like yeah. I think she was just kind of worried. Like, you know, she just decided she didn't want to do it. She wanted to stay where she was and. You know, I'm like, just let her. I mean, give her back her deposit. Don't like, you know, don't be a jerk about it. Like, yeah. she might call you in three months and be like, I've changed my mind again. I do want to sell it. You know, and that happens. It, yeah, it definitely happens. It's not. It's not worth it. It's, it's not. not worth it. Like, talk to your pro- client. Talk to the people. That's the biggest thing. Like, yeah. Get to know them. Like, why? Why don't they want to sell now? Yeah. Do they not trust you, or yeah, is it they just want to stay in their house? I don't know. I don't know. We actually have a deal um, where. It, it, this is this came to us from a wholesaler, and it's set up with another escrow company. I wish it was you guys, but it's okay. I'm just crying a little inside. I know because we don't have choice over it I sometimes. Know. But um, yeah, so it's this a wholesaler that did it, and it's uh, the seller that doesn't have the right to sell it. Oh yeah, that happens. So yeah. our deposit's been sitting there for like almost two years now. Oh no! So <laughs> and like they yeah. won't give it to us. What about the person that can sell it? They're not willing to sign to cancel it out, or do they not have? They we, can't find that person. I, I, I honestly don't even know because it's a wholesaler. So, like, we're not direct to the seller. And the wholesaler's, like, green. Oh, has no idea what they're yeah, doing. they should have used Emerald Escrow. They should have, you know. And yeah. it would have been probably a lot better because, like, we've... I mean, it's, like, five grand. It's not like we're, like, sitting here, like, oh, my God, I need this five grand yeah, so bad. Yeah, but it's still but five grand. I know. And, like, eventually, like, what, after... Th- is it three years or something? Like, you guys have to, like, send it to the unclaimed funds thing of the state or something? Well, that's a cheating. Yeah, that's a whole nother ballpark. But it's what a whole nother ballpark. Did you say that was cheating? It's cheating. It's S- cheating. What is that word? I've never heard of that one before. Oh, I think that was on my list of things I don't want to talk about. Oh, okay. <laughs> so boring. Basically, unclaimed money. Yeah, that okay. goes to the state. S cheating. It's cheating. E S cheating. E S cheating. E S cheating. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna... So boring. It sounds boring. It's yeah, so but like, boring. Trust like, me, the girls in my office hate doing it. Really? It's yeah. It's so it's tedious. Like, you have to like send a bunch of stuff. Yeah. To the so state if you ever and... get a check like that, when I walked into your office today, and you're like, "Hey, I got this check for two hundred dollars. What's this for?" Yeah. Cash it because okay. if not, we're gonna have to talk to you in a few years on why you didn't cash that little check. Okay. Because so. okay, it was supposed to be two hundred and four dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there's people sometimes like they'll have a very small refund, like. Very, like very pennies. minimal. Yeah. And you're like, just cash the check. Just cash the check, please. Like it's going to take me more effort it's, to get to the bank. Exactly. You know? It's more effort for us, though, to have to do... The S-cheating process. Yeah. So... Okay. Yeah. It's so, an unfortunate situation that we it, have to do. Is it three years? Like, how long is that period? Like, from when, like, it's supposed to be well, closed out? Well, I don't know. You'd have to ask Donna about the cancellation. We would probably hold that file 
until something happened, until it got canceled out. So I'm not quite sure. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I mean, we have files that are in our drawer that are, have money in it that you guys have. I don't know if it's you or who. It might be us. It could know. be. We're pretty bad. If it no. has money in it, then it's still an active file. So you just keep it active until... Yeah, but we try it. I mean, usually they find a resolution. At I some mean, point, yeah. Really, we don't have that many situations where they don't find a resolution. I guess when you're doing enough stuff, you're going to run into like every weird yeah. thing that happens, you know, so... Definitely. I mean, there's definitely all kinds of situations, but... Um, I do have a funny story. So you were okay. speaking of somebody that didn't have the right to sell. So I had I had a wholesaler and very savvy. They bring us a deal. They have the client's name on the contract once again. Okay. And I said, no, this isn't right. And she says, no, I'm I'm the successor trustee on the trust. And I said, well, I need the trust. Yeah. And this lady was so believable. I mean, she was very well, charismatic. She knew her stuff, she obviously. She knew her stuff. Well, she was the, the tenant. Who okay. said, and she said she was the also the relative of the deceased person. Yeah. And basically, she had us all believing that she was a successor trustee, but she would not ever give me the trust. And I was like, guys, we need this trust. I mean, there's no way we have to have this trust because this lady, I really don't think she has a right to sell the property. Yeah. And we went deep into the escrow and finally got in. They had to get people involved in it. And yeah, sure. In fact, she was just a um, what's it called when you stay in someone's house. Oh, a squatter. Uh, she was a squatter. <laughs> she was a squatter, and she was trying to sell this this deceased person's house that she had no claims to. Wow. Yeah. And she almost got away with it. Well, no. She would not have gotten away with it because, right. I mean, there's no way, but she just wasted a lot of people's time. Yeah. And then the actual relative of the deceased person came about, sold the property, did it all right. But yeah, yeah the squatter was trying to sell this property, and I mean, she was she was convincing. Yeah, I I think some people out there are getting pretty smart. You know, I just had to do an eviction on some squatters uh, oh, on gosh. a property, and you know, I these don't usually go all the way to the eviction court. You know, usually they're just kind of like, fine, we'll leave. Yeah. You know, give us like a thousand dollars or something. You know, like they just want some money. Like I offered them money up front, uh, you know, to like not go through the eviction process, mm-hmm. but they were like, no, we have the right to be here. We have lease agreements, oh, and gosh. I'm like, you don't have a lease agreement. The seller. When he sold it to me, he said there was no lease agreement. He called you guys squatters, you know, like yeah. uh, he knew about you, but he called you squatters. There's no rent payment. There's no nothing like you're not tenants. So, um, yeah, they uh, they were holding to so, that. So how'd you get them out? We had to go through the full eviction process, like went through court, took 60 so days. Th- but do you think it'd be easier just to hand them a check and say, here. I offered it. Oh, they you did? They didn't take it. Oh, I'd take the money. <laughs> so they took nothing. They basically got nothing at the end. But they yeah. got to stay there for two more months for and then free. It, how much did it cost you in the eviction process? Uh, all in total, it was like 1500 bucks. Okay. You know, so like it was actually less than I offered them up front. 
Oh, okay, that's good. So like I would have I, I would have well, given them more thinking, money. Well, I was thinking like usually front. what what is a cash for keys? Usually like yep. two thousand maybe. Yeah, it depends. You know, yeah. like it's pretty much whatever you're willing to go up to. In this case, I think it was twenty five hundred is what I was going to offer them. And they, so nice of you. They said no. Like I mean, because for me, I just want to get in, clean the yeah. place up, and get out. Like I I don't want to. I'm not there to make it into another rental or nothing. Not you no, know, not today anyway. Yeah. And so they, uh, yeah, they just they wanted to play hard and, um, you know, I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm gonna go through with this. I'm not, you know. Yeah. They they obviously weren't very smart. They should have taken the money well, and ran. Yeah, and then they produced like a, a a lease agreement, you know, that was obviously fake. I'm um, like, I've seen your guys' house. There's no way any document stayed this pristine in your home for the last five years. <laughs> you know, that's like, such a good point. I'm like, there's no way. And they're like, like, but this, you know, there's the there's the uh, old seller's signature. I'm like, that's not a signature. I have a bunch of documentation from yeah. the seller with his signature on it. It doesn't match. Like, this is not that's a real funny. lease agreement. And yeah. Like, but they were, you know, they were just trying and to. And did be, you go Google lease agreements? And I was probably the first one that came up off probably. Google. Probably. I mean, it was a, it was a good lease agreement, you know. Good for them, that's but you know, good the rent for them was for really trying. low for some reason, you know. Like I was like, wow, it's a really low rent. You had a really good deal worked out with them. But I was like, hey, but if that's the lease, where's my rent payment? So I made them pay me rent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> for what they had agreed upon. So call me a jerk, but they were being jerks back. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna play the game, play it back, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're like, well, if you take rent from us, then you're calling us your tenant. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm evicting my tenant. Oh, but that's true. I don't know. That's a sticky situation. My my eviction attorney, he told me, he said you can take rent from them. You're rent- evicting them for other other breaches of the of rental the lease. laws. Scare me. They're 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 intense. They can be. Yeah. I like you know, you just have to have the right counsel, and yeah. we have a really good guy. So yeah, it's definitely, that's the biggest thing is you need to have somebody on your side. Yeah. And somebody that kind of gives you, cause that's really what it is. It's like, look, they're not moving and like I've offered them money to move yeah. and they're not. So like, what do I do? Like I got to evict them. So yeah, we went and talked to the guy, the attorney and he was like, oh yeah, here's what you should do. And he just gave you a, like a roadmap, do this, do this, do this. And then you're good. And oh, so good. we followed his instructions and it all worked out. It just took time, Yeah, you know, and whatever. Well, you know, I can deal with it. So we're starting that one soon. Oh, very good. Yeah, that very one will nice. be coming up as an escrow for you guys oh, in the next nice. few months. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, well, can't wait. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, okay, I'm looking at the time. We got about ten minutes. And I think we should talk a little bit about the Illinois Empire Real Estate Investment Club. Let's do it. Because I think well, you guys are like the escrow company for the Illinois Empire Real Estate Investment Club. We are. Club. We're kind of a big deal over there. You are. You're yeah. huge. Yeah. You are the, pref- the one of the preferred vendors of the club. Uh, where when everybody asks who do you who do you use for escrow, we say Emerald Escrow in Corona, and um, you guys deserve it. Thank you. We appreciate it. We we get calls all the time from your guys's investors and you know help them out and some open escrow, some just call to pick our brain, which is totally fine. Yep. We we're always here to help people out. We're not attorneys, but we can definitely <laughs> you know give us a call if you have questions. But yeah, your guys's people have been really great to us. Now, I could assume some of the questions that you guys could ask, because you're probably getting called by a lot of wholesalers. Um, you get calls from f- green wholesalers and, yes. like, green investors. Like So are they, like, main question, I'm sure, is, like, can you guys do a double close, right? Oh, yeah. Do you do double escrows? No. And okay. so, okay, so let me, let me ask you about this one real quick, because there's some confusion on the whole double escrow, double closing thing. And, like, I just closed a transaction as a lender mm-hmm. where we were, a, we were in a, it was a double escrow. Another escrow company, not with you guys. Yeah. Because, again, I don't get to pick the escrow That's if I fine. could. But if, if I could, I would have. One thing I don't like about them is that the the intent to conceal information, right? Like the whole idea of like a purchase and all this stuff is everything should be out on the table. Yeah, disclose, disclose. disclose Let's not go to right? court. Yeah. 
And so with the double closings, like you have on the front side, usually it's a wholesaler that's buying it mm -hmm. and you have the seller who's selling it and they've agreed on some price, you know, let's call it a hundred thousand. And then you have the B to C side, which is from the wholesaler to the end buyer, who's going to be somebody like me or a Jim Keller or one of the other flippers or yeah. something. So we set this whole thing up and the idea is that my money coming in as the C buyer is coming in to fund the A to B escrow, right? So there's companies that do this, obviously. Not many. Not many. Um, I don't, I personally don't know any. And we, we communicate with other escrow companies in town and I don't know anybody that's doing them. Well, I'll turn you on to this one. Yeah. I mean, they were, you know, say what you want. When I talk about escrows, yeah. you know, like the people that, like the people that I want to work with in the future yeah. and stuff, these people are on the, you know, they're on the other side of that list. I don't really want to work with these people too much because, you know, I just, I don't like the transaction. Well, it's just very scary. And you have to remember, okay, who's the seller you bought from? Was it an elderly person? Was it somebody it, under distress? It was an heir to a, yeah, a deceased Yeah, you got to be careful. Person. You have to disclose and be honest because, you know, I went to the escrow institute meeting back in um, in the spring, and the biggest thing they said is elder abuse. You guys get asked, I'm sure, all the time if you do all double closings, and you just say no. We do it all in one. No, like just just tell tell the people how much you're going to make. Like, why are you trying to conceal? Well, that that's fact? what we say. You know, disclose. Like, is it really worth it? Yeah. You know, and and here's the funny thing about this transaction. Like the my like the my borrower, the the the, the B borrower or whatever mm -hmm. B buyer uh, or C, I don't know what they call them. Um, they knew how much the wholesaler was offering the seller. Like they knew the information. Like why, I'm like, then what's the point of the double? Yeah. Like why are we doing a double then? Mm -hmm. If if you're if like you disclosed everything already to them, like what you're making on the deal? Like what's the point? It's different to assign it. That's the thing is you know there's double escrows and there's assignment escrows. Right. But even if you assign it, you have to have disclosure. Of course. So I mean, yeah, I, I've heard usually. you guys discuss it at the club before, and it's just very important. And yeah. And another suggestion is. A lot of these green investors come into our office and we'll meet with them, Don and I, and look at the contracts. And, and some of these <laughs> contracts are kind of scary. Um, go find... In what way? Like, okay, oh, so... They're just like one page and they're just... They're, this, they don't include anything or okay. they're very vague. Yeah. And so the biggest thing is, you know, I know you guys do mentoring. So find a mentor or mm -hmm. find an attorney, a real estate paralegal, <laughs> somebody to help guide you because yeah. some of these contracts are just... We, we won't even accept them because okay. it's just too much of a liability for us. But we do tell them like, hey, you know, you're on the right track. We can't help you today, but, you know, maybe another escrow company will. Yeah. But, yeah, so it, it's know, disclosure, disclosure. Absolutely. Yeah, I, actually, I know we have a contract we've used a couple times. The first time we used it, it was actually the seller was represented by an attorney. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the attorney that we were doing with and the attorney signed for everything because he had the power of attorney also in that transaction. Uh, and we were basically on the phone with this attorney and like we just kept going over the deal points and we literally just wrote them out as bullet points. Like that's what we did. We're like, we're like okay, purchase price is this, seller is this. And like mm -hmm. we literally had bullet points on this thing. We sent it over to him. He signed it, you know, and then like we sent it over to you guys and you guys took it because like everybody well, understood the points yeah, of the deal, the you know, and it was all there. It was just, you know. We didn't want to like write it all out, like you well, know. And sometimes for these contracts, and <laughs> like if they have a lot of writing, you almost like you have to fine read it because I feel yeah. like they're trying to hide yep. things that are very ambiguous. Yeah, and, I, and that's what I've told people. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna be a wholesaler and you want to just keep it simple, you don't really need a contract that's like a boilerplate thing. You know, like everybody likes to use the car form, but if you're not a realtor, you shouldn't really be, be using, using it. it no. So I'm like, 
you know, you can you can just do bullet points, but just make sure everybody understands the points of the deal. Write them down, and you know, everybody sign it. Like as, as long as you have a willing seller and a willing buyer, you're not going to have a problem with the contract. Yeah. You know, because then escrow is going to produce escrow instructions. That's the real closing documentation, anyway. Yeah. You know, like that little contract you signed is kind of like, you know, it's thrown into the file, but it's not like. Well, it's important. It's definitely important to have a solid contract. Yeah. You know, of course. Especially on the distressed deals, but. There has to be some type of content there. If there's not valuable content there, then you're kind of yeah. wasting your time. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, there's certain there's certain things you should always have on it, obviously. Like yeah. the address would help and you know That would help. <laughs> the and names the, of people. The buyer's name, you'd be really shocked that sometimes they don't even have the buyer's name. That, or the seller's name. <laughs> like I don't know. That's I can't funny. read what that signature says. The date might be a good thing oh. to put on there. You know, dates you know. are so important. Please date your stuff. People. I know. What's what's so hard about that? Yeah, how am I supposed to know when it was accepted? Right, sixty I, days. I don't know. <laughs> it's a sixty day escrow, but well, when was it dated? Yeah, when did yeah. you sign this? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of funny. So double escrows is obviously a big one, and yeah. you guys don't do them. Most people don't do them. Most title companies, if they find out it's a double escrow, aren't going to do it. Like, Correct. You know, it's it's pretty tough to find. Just disclose, and nobody's going to steal your deal. I mean, I know it happens, but like, I know yeah. that's the concern for a lot of people is that somebody's going to like find out who the seller is directly and they're going to go the seller the ultimate buyer is going to be like oh i'm just going to contact the seller directly and go around the wholesaler you know which well you got to just have a relationship with your wholesaler i yeah. mean yeah, and your buyer i'm sure yeah. it happens it I mean. does i'm sure and like you know it's like we've had some wholesalers that are really brand new and they're like can you sign a non-disclosure agreement and i'm like no <laughs> like <laughs> like if you don't trust me then don't do business with me yeah. you know like i'm not going to steal your deal if i do come to the Illinois empire real estate investment club get up on stage and tell everybody in the whole room <laughs> like hey these yeah. guys stole my deal and cut me out of a commission you know totally i i 100 agree i mean Get to know your people. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? If somebody is screwing you over, like don't keep it a secret. Like tell people because like you know, like we don't we don't want those people coming around and like infecting our, you know, well, community. Well that's what's great or... about your club though too, is you guys can communicate that. So yeah. you guys have a great network there. We try, you know, yeah. we try our best, but I mean, we get plenty of uh, <laughs> plenty of goofballs and plenty of uh, interesting stuff that happens. So Oh I'm sure, I'm sure. We get to mitigate that, but uh uh, we got our next meeting coming up on Wednesday next week, Wednesday oh. the 25th, I think it is. You going to come out? I think so. I'm going to yeah. try. I'm going to try gonna my best. We're going to be at the best. convention center, one of your favorite places. I love the convention center in Riverside. Yes. In Riverside. That's the one. Uh, I hear some music playing, so I guess that means our time is up. So thank you all for tuning into the Flip Flop Investor Show. Thank you, Anna Path, for coming out thank today. Thank you for having me. It wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. Well, real quick, how does anybody get in touch with Emerald Escrow? Uh, you can just go to our website, emeraldescrow.com. All of our information is there. All right. All there right. it is. Thanks, thank you guys. so much. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.